Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. I have to do the drum solo, right? The drum fill right there in the beginning. It's so good. As any good cyberpunk fan knows, Mike Pondsmith, of course, is, is uh, Maximum Mike, uh, the DJ uh, of uh, Moral Rock Radio in Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, and he actually has been a real DJ. Yeah. Um, uh, back in the day when he was in college. Uh, oh, I believe it. Was, uh, I believe it. It was DJ yeah, in his local radio station. Every once in a while, he'll go into his DJ voice, which is significantly different because, you know, he does that, but then he gets the patter down. Uh, he, hey, you're live. Yeah. Yeah. Patter. And so that's what that reminds me of because let's see if you talk, Tom, you have, you have the one voice uh-huh. and then you do that intro and you have your DJ voice. I have my, my, I'm doing a podcast now voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. It's different from your, this is NPR voice. Today yeah. We're going to talk this about is, right. Right. Yeah. I, I could do that too. Um, <laughs> welcome to NPR. Today on Cyberpunk Lorecast, we have yeah, like there's those little awkward pauses between certain words. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, that voice you hear, guys, is Jay Gray from Artelsorian Games, who's here with me, your host, Tom or Robots and Captain Logan. Captain Logan, how are you? But we're we're super excited to talk with Jay. And of course, every time he visits us, we just kind of go on for forever, it seems. Uh, but let's get through the pleasantries first, because I know we've got lots of stuff to talk about. <laughs> Logan, how's it going? You can go ahead. You are you have been known to play Cyberpunk. 2077 while doing the podcast i think you can probably order some tickets to the midnight while we do the show i think that's totally fine is there proof where is the proof i don't know if there's actually proof of me playing <laughs> cyberpunk it's, while we're doing this podcast it's not on video on a previous yeah. episode on youtube right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. yeah okay well i just want to say thank you for having me again i'm glad to to be here <laughs> and it's uh it's been a good week so far i've been playing a bit um i did get a a quick tweet from dum dum simp just now uh says oh. i know that jay gray can't directly do anything but maybe he can nudge the dum-dum romance suggestion to cbpr maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. this is something we've been talking about we've been talking about the romances jay and i i, I promise yeah um the next time i am in a meeting with anyone at cdpr um no matter who that person is and what position they have within the company uh even if it is someone has nothing to do with 2077 i'm gonna say hey someone wants to smooch dum-dum <laughs> you know what it doesn't even have to be a major dlc it could just be like one of those like three dollar little upgrades that you put on you know steam games have all these little upgrades there's like the main dlc which is like 20 or 30 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever but then they've got like a little up and like have you wanted to smooch dum dum it's just three bucks 2.99 the funny thing is is i appreciate dum dum and the love for dum dum but at the same time you know that drug he hands you in that particular scene where yeah. everyone's so never they say oh he's just trying oh, something yeah. that's black lace and black lace is the nastiest deadliest most addictive horrible substance in cyberpunk mm. he's just saying yeah here have this get hooked right. in your life 
Right. Like so, he's just handing you, know, you a beer or something. Yeah. yeah. Like he's handing you a beer. No, here, have some heroin. Can I inject it right into your thyroid? Right into your face. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> right through your Jesus eye hole. <laughs> he's a soul that needs saving he's he you have to you have to feel bad for him being so addicted and you can only you you're taking the drug away from him because in your heart you know you're not going to use it but you want to at least like get it away from him so that maybe when he comes back to you and says hey do you have that that you know that mm. hit of black lace you're like i don't but let's talk about that because I need to, I need to share some feelings with you, and that's that kicks off the dum dum romance, right? You, there you go. You can fix him. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you can fix him. You can fix dum dum. Two dollars and ninety nine cents. Um, but uh, Jay, Jay is here. We're gonna be, <laughs> we're gonna be talking uh, the technology advancements and some of the changes between the time of the red so 2045 and the time of cyberpunk 2077 so that that's going to be the main topic although we could just talk we could have dumb dumb appreciation episode if you want um but stay tuned for the middle of the show because they are doing a giveaway and we you know jay reached out to me and was like hey can, you, can we talk about this giveaway and i was like oh my god yes because i want i want to get in on that but it's a 200 dollars worth of all sorts of awesome stuff you guys will be absolutely thrilled and you want to listen through to that that'll be in the middle of the show so stay tuned for that stuff but why don't we why don't we set this off why don't we start actually talking about the tech and what's going on between the time of the red and 2077 and you know what's interesting jay when you reached out to me and we were kind of brainstorming some ideas um i've been watching the expanse have you guys seen the expanse the no, tv show I, it's on my list yeah i it is on my list because a it's good i hear it's a good show b uh the guy that played the janitor on blake holsley high uh which is an obscure Canadian team teen weird x-files type show that i love uh is on it and c uh there is an excellent role play, tabletop role-playing game based on the expanse ah. from uh from green ronin which is a lot of fun ah so um uh which guy does he play on the show which one is he i don't know but yeah i would know him i'll have to to look at him up um but anyway the the expanse this is how this connects so the expanse takes place in the near future and humans have begun settling mars and they've been doing it for a while and they're a few generations in to terraforming mars but they're also now a few generations into settling the asteroid belt between mars and jupiter and they're mining it for resources which should bring back to mars and earth and just like in any other human situation whenever groups of humanity move from one place to another and get separated from other groups well they start to have different ideas about what the right answers are they have different needs they become their own nations and so you have the un which is now controlling earth as one nation and then you have mars and then you have the belters and what's so cool about this show is that the technology in the show is very very it's everything is done in a very scientifically accurate way ships actually move through space and have to worry about physics it's not star trek it's not star wars like the the technology they have for weapons like the the most advanced weapons they have are rail guns which are things that our military is experimenting with now like that's a very real world weapon they're not shooting lasers at each other shooting bullets and rail guns and they don't have shields on their ships you know the ship gets a hit by a rail gun or a bullet and it goes through the ship and it depressurizes the ship and so everybody during combat has to put on their pressure suits and all of this these kinds of things so the show has really taken me on this this thought experiment of like how does that world match our real world with the advancement of technology which is very similar to what cyberpunk does 
So, and we've talked about this before, you know, Mike in designing the world was doing research about science and technology and history and all of these things, and then extrapolating those things into the future and saying, well, if these things continue on the path they're going, this is where the internet's going to be, or this is where a potential technology could be for, you know, uh, connecting the brain to a, you know, technological structure and being able to download memories or, you know, the kinds of things that we're seeing in cyberpunk. And, um, and it's especially interesting to me because of the places that do advance and the places that don't. So you have things like advancements for, uh, the high technology stuff, but then yet people still wear, you know, leather jackets or jeans. Like they don't necessarily wear, you know, like pleather pants with bright, shiny lights on them, although they could, but you get what I'm saying. So like when you're walking around in cyberpunk, you have all of that, you know, a dude could be wearing a denim jacket and, and denim jeans. And the guy next to them is wearing some sort of like transparent cyber optic, you know, shirt with, you know, crazy plugins on his face. Like the two work right next to each other. It's not like the old tech goes away. It just works next to each other. So this is where, this is where I've been going when thinking about this is what what things do what what things would be interesting to find out still exist in the world of cyberpunk in the time of the red and what things have been totally totally co-opted totally moved totally removed from society and just you don't see them anymore you know like i'm sure you can talk a little bit in and around these concepts but do you have any thoughts on any of this you, you don't find patrols very often you don't find what Patrolas, not not very many buggies. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Pro- probably not too many uh, tall ships, uh, right. which is a shame because as <laughs> as Logan knows, tall ships are are, are a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Wooden ships, totally out. They're not they're yeah. not in there anymore. Uh, no, no more seriously. Uh, you you are correct. So there there's things to keep in mind here. The first big one is that the timeline of twenty uh, of the cyberpunk world, world of cyberpunk, and the real world splits. Um, in the 90s uh for the most part um the collapse happens which is where uh climate change hits early and hits hard mm-hmm. uh just turning turning the midwest into another dust bowl uh the europeans realize that the americans are manipulating the stock markets um and drop a rock and when i say a rock i mean a large rock on colorado springs yeah um uh, we uh, engage in several wars in Central and South America to distract the populace as uh, we uh, also get horrible plagues. Uh, AIDS, too, because the first one wasn't bad enough and needed a sequel. And the wasting <laughs> plague. Too, is it called AIDS, too? It's called AIDS, too. Uh, much like COVID is COVID-19. That's great. Well, 19 is based off of the year it was discovered. But yeah. maybe it was but discovered yes. in 2002. Yeah. It was, then it no, could be it, AIDS, it is, too. It is AIDS too. Uh, well, basically, it is a it is a a, a more rear on the uh, I believe uh, airborne AIDS. Mm. So if you can imagine, yeah, that uh, sounds also the even more dangerous, which, of course, which prevents you from eating or getting any nutrition out of what you eat. Ah, uh. so you can eat all you want. I mean, great for weight loss, but uh, it's a very short term solution. Um, yeah. So you have all yes. these horrible things, which causes the collapse, which you know millions of people go uh, lose their jobs become homeless the nomad movement starts so cer- certain things don't happen at the same time certain things do happen um because uh you have uh, various worldwide collapses you have a much more war-driven economy uh research happens in different ways uh cybernetics becomes more important uh so you have uh the, the creation of uh, artificial muscles 
which allow which paves the way for uh, cybernetic limbs mm-hmm. and you have the creation of mind machine interfaces which paves also paves the way for cybernetics as well as uh, network uh, net running so things change uh, you because people start plugging their brains directly into computers uh, the uh, early networks created by the military and universities in the United States do not turn into the internet that we know. They turn into the net. Uh, you don't get the World Wide Web, which is, uses hyper uh, uh, stacking as a way of navigating it. You don't get um, you don't get touchscreens uh, as a big part of society. Because why do you care about touching something when you can direct it directly with your mind? Right. Um, right. Also. With the collapse, uh, with the collapse, a lot of corporations. Apple doesn't bounce back. Steve Jobs, who knows what happened to him? Uh, you know, the, the smartphone is not developed at the same time. Um, just technology just takes a, a slightly a slight left. Um, it veers off a little, um, and so that is a big part of it. Which is why technology in cyberpunk looks like it's advanced in some ways, and in other ways, you're going, "Huh? I would have thought they would have had this because we have that." Um, so that's, that is, that's probably the biggest thing to keep in mind, uh, when you get there, but more, uh, but at the same time, yeah, things disappear. Um, by the time of the red, uh, you have cybernetic limbs, um, you have cloning. In fact, by 2045, cloning is so inexpensive that it is actually cheaper to replace your arm with a clone of your arm. Uh-huh than it is to buy a cybernetic arm. So, so here's, here's a fun question based on some real world science. Um, <laughs> yes. The brain machine interface has raised a number of questions, and this is something that they've been experimenting with in, you know, yes. uh, chimpanzees and humans even. Um, and one of the questions w- that is fundamental to this is, is our brain hardwired to control only the things that our body is inherently shaped to have as a part of it. So for example, two legs, two arms, 10 fingers, um, you know, a head, like the, the thing, the parts of our body that are inherently there, or is our brain dynamic enough to graft itself to new extra limbs, for example, and those kinds of things. And one of the things that uh, science has showed us is that in fact, the brain is flexible, especially in younger people, to, for example, if you were to plug in two extra arms into your body. Now, whether they were like, you know, cybernetic or actually grown into your body, either way, if you were to accurately and and effectively connect them neurologically to your brain, your brain could actually graft into them and then be able to control two extra limbs. And in fact, it seems like there's no specific limitation to this, that our brains are adapt uh, adept enough at dealing with whatever we give them to use whatever we give them they ju- it just takes practice and building the neural pathways and things um so this is something i find really interesting because one of the things you don't see at least in my experience in a lot of cyberpunk is the you know the plugging in of extra limbs and those kinds of things although you do have the plugging in of extra um uh, parts like, uh, sensory parts or information going into the brain that the brain now has to, has to juggle. And of course there are things that get plugged into your brain as well to help deal with that processors and stuff like that as well. Um, but I, I think that's really interesting because we, you know, by the time of 2077, we're in the game, at least we're not seeing like, you know, a guy walking down the street with forearms, 
you know, or or the police officer with an extra arm coming out of his back with a gun here ready to go so that he has both of his hands to use doing other things while he's still targeting the bad guy, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, you know, there there are some reasons that now we should go first. The Maelstrom by 2077. Every member who has gone through initiation has had their skull cracked open, reshaped, and a uh, sensory mount put in, which gives them at least three or four extra eyes, usually around five optic sensors. And so they've got to have processing for receiving five levels of optic feedback, whether that is all, you know, normal light or some of them are working on the infrared or some of them working on ultraviolet or some of them are doing, you know, various one sonar and who knows what they're doing. Um, but the point is, is that uh, every member of the Maelstrom already, their brain is processing twice, if not three times the normal amount of, of visual information mm-hmm. that a, that, that a baseline human would. Um, I suspect that in 2077, we don't see a lot of people with extra arms because programming those assets would have been more complicated. Um, yeah, it is something that yeah, can happen. Sure. Uh, we have we have rules in Cyberpunk Red for uh, getting essentially what is called a shoulder mount, which allows you to have two extra arms, uh, so you can you know fight lightsabers Grievous style. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like you could totally do that. Or what about yeah. what about grafting on extra legs? Because one of the reasons why dogs can outrun us is because they have four legs, and yeah. they have a gait which is more efficient than the human gait at at least at moving quickly, not necessarily at moving for long periods of time. Um, so th- there's some interesting uh, details in the science of these things that would lead me to think about like ways that some of that stuff could get constructed over time. So for example, somebody who is um, somebody who is a uh, lifelong uh, soldier could be set up in a way that they look more like a centaur, <laughs> you know, because on a battlefield, that would be way more useful to have four very fast legs and work as like a human cavalry unit than to have two legs potentially. Well, you have some problems there. Uh, I mean, we do have something called full bo- uh, full body conversions or Borgs, uh, which right. Adam Smasher is one. Right, right. Uh, but you also have some problems there because while the brain may adapt, society may not. We are very bad at building things, except for for the majority of people. If you look at our history, oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for example, uh, allowing wheelchair access to a building. Right. Something as simple as that. Can you imagine the amount of trouble? You know, sure, the army has a whole, you know, has the, these few guys with horse mounts, essentially. <laughs> right. You know, uh, but h- how do you transport them? How do you deal with them? You know, right. Do how do they go into a restaurant and eat lunch? Yeah. You know, do you have special, do you have special uniforms for them? So, you know, society doesn't adapt well. So I imagine there are, uh, we have exotics, um, but I think, uh, or, is that well, also- here's an idea. Here's an idea. What if, what if they, what if they can detach at the waist and then just get placed on a different mount? What if they have their little, like yeah. domestic legs and then they have their combat legs? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a bigger possibility. Um, in cyberpunk red, that would cause double the humanity loss because you need to spend humanity, lose humanity for both. Yeah. But it's a possibility. The most powerful in Cyberpunk 2020, the most powerful um, full body conversion is called a Dragoon, which is basically a seven foot tall combat monster. Yeah. Uh, that is so intense and so alien that they only wear, they wear it like a suit and the, the rest of the time their brains and what little fleshy bits of them remain are pulled out in jars and essentially put somewhere else because you can't spend too much time in those without uh, serious drugs keep you from just going over the edge into cyber psychosis. 
Right, right. Well, in in games like Fallout, you have similar concepts. I mean, it's not exactly the same as Cyberpunk, but for example, a um, oh, what are they called? A Robo Brain is basically mm-hmm. a brain in a vat inside a robot suit. Yes. Right. Um, so I I wouldn't think it's too far or too extreme to think that in the world of Cyberpunk, punk, some corporation or nation wouldn't effectively take soldiers brains and put them into machines in ways to control those machines maybe even not without their own you know approval uh, oh, oh abs- yeah absolutely and it happens in 2020 it happens it happened in the fourth corporate war um there are full body conversions for firefighters police uh net runners there are you know people who specialize in aquatic rescue and aquatic warfare but the big thing is that's expensive you know what's not expensive getting another schlub paying a minimum wage and giving him a rifle and sending him out onto the field yeah that's true that's true man that's the thing is that's one of the things about cyberpunk is you know in theory much more should be automated than it actually is because we're moving towards the future where automation is very big but life is so cheap it's actually cheaper to keep throwing people into dangerous situations, especially when the government doesn't care about those people and their unions have been completely broken. So there's nobody to stand up for those people than it is to build robots to do the job for them. Yeah. Well, historically, that's been the case is that, you know, humanity and Logan have talked about this have always we've always progressed on top of either slave or indentured servitude labor in mm-hmm. some way. Uh, it's only in the West in certain cultures that the the people who were at the bottom due to the liberalization of our government were able to make a living wage in order to do mundane tasks. And that's going away again. That's we're moving away from that. You like, you cannot make a living wage working a blue collar job at you, know, you cannot make a, yeah, a living wage working blue collar jobs at minimum wage or even you know, more than a minimum wage at this point. Like you can't feed a family. Yeah. You can, you can barely pay for a place to live for yourself, food and insurance, like depending on where you live, depending on where you live. Like it's, it's very, very difficult at this point. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting how society kind of, you know, plays that background and, and it would make sense that human beings have been doing this to other human beings forever. So why wouldn't human beings in, in a potential future who have way more control, do it again to other human beings in order to maintain control. Yeah. Jay, you kind of answered the question a bit ago, but I I did want to bring up the idea. uh, You guys have been talking about wanting to augment bodies to uh, go into battle and stuff like that. And to me, in a a world where we have neural interface with machines, it seems easier and more, or at least more cost effective to have one or two net runners command an army of drones or strike drones, whatever you want, to do battle and risk little in in the the need to actually put bodies out in the field and just give control to actual net runners but you did you did mention about how uh bodies are cheap and yeah. can be created fairly easily um i've always kind of wondered what the difference between having one or two really good specimens as soldiers and then having cloning uh them be the the approach to create you know creating your own clone army to you know take on battles and stuff well uh cloning in cyberpunk is to the point where um you can clone meat and tissue 
you mm-hmm. can't you uh it's harder to clone and uh and expensive to clone and create a fully capable person with a brain that can that can work uh it had it was accomplished in around 20 20 20 20 or so uh so the first fully autonomous clone uh was created because uh, I think it's something like a stage four clone. There are different cl- stages of cloning in Cyberpunk. Um, but that technology was, that's actually the point of an adventure called um, Land of the Free, which it was a box set adventure, camp- campaign adventure where you travel, you help a clone escape from their from Biotechnica and uh, take them across the country. Um, and that technology was fairly lost for a time. And it's to the point where it's only in 2077 with the events of the video game you start getting to the point where you can get into taking downloading human consciousnesses into meat bodies again yeah yeah and we see the uh results of that in the game uh, yeah. for sure yes um, yeah and even and even then it's a little tough uh, I, I don't want to spoil um but there are specific reasons why it worked for certain people mm-hmm. towards the end of the game and not for others yeah 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 okay well, <laughs> Would so th- this raises the question of like would downloading? Uh, okay, so Soul Killer grabs your personality, and sucks it out, right? And then it makes a copy and makes then a erases co- your original. Makes a copy, right? And and now you decide, okay, put me in a machine. Would the machine still would that would that copy still lose its humanity, or has it already lost its humanity in being that it was removed from a body? You don't put it in the machine. But what if it wanted to okay. go in a machine? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, okay, when I take a when I take a file from my laptop and I put it on the USB stick, I am not moving it. You're copying, I'm copying it, it and right. then deleting the original. Right. That's what you're doing with the personality too. You're copying. Okay, Johnny. Johnny gets copied from his brain. Right. 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 Into uh, into uh, into a soul killer copies it to a mainframe. Say somebody makes Johnny a, a shiny new robot body. They co- then they would have to copy Johnny's from the mainframe into the robot body. Copies of copies of copies of copies of copies. Right, right. But like would it? But would that burning. new copy lose its humanity being in a full robotic form? All Cunningham, you know, All Cunningham is much less All Cunningham in twenty seventy seven than she was in yeah. twenty twenty yeah. for very specific reasons. Yeah. Um, so yes, I would say. Um, the human condition changes depending on, uh, you know, and we, th- this is all speculation, but relative immortality has got to change how a human is, right? Sensory interfaces changing have to change because where our memories were and our memories are based on what we experience and what we experience is based on our senses. How much of it is brain chemistry? How much of what we are is chemicals? Mm-hmm. And not, you know, and how much of that can be simulated by a machine. There's so much there we don't know. So I would say that robot Johnny, no, he's in the end, he's not going to be much like Johnny, original organic Johnny. Uh, and there's reasons for that. Um, yeah. Now, how, how much of a derivation it's going to be, I don't know. And, you know, that that's a very big transhumanist speculation kind of thing is, uh, is a robot with a human personality still a human? That's a question to ask. Right. I'm going to argue it's probably a person, and it can have emotions, and it can feel love, and it can feel hate. Um, but is it necessarily a human anymore? And what is that? What is being human mean at that point? That's a fundamental question of cyberpunk, isn't it? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's very, it's yeah. a very common sci-fi question. You know, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be a person? Is a person the same mm -hmm. thing as a human necessarily yep. is an alien race that has, or, you know, a, a creature that evolves to the point of self-awareness and a rational thought considered a person should it have autonomy to make its own choices um you know and and this kind of question gets extrapolated all the time what if we create an ai that's a billion times smarter than we are does that mean that it's a person does it mean that we now should you know bow down to our overlord the ai who knows way more than we do could ever know um if we were to come across an alien race that was beyond us and we were but ants to them you know should, would it make sense to still demand autonomy compared to something that's just so far beyond us, uh, whether that's robotic or biological or, or biological in a way we've never seen before, you know, like the, there's so many questions about the way this stuff plays out. And we've, we've talked about it on some of my shows before too. Like what if, uh, homo sapiens weren't the only intelligent apes that survived to the current year? I mean, what if there were still Neanderthals or, um, homo habilis or you know like there's a number of other intelligent humanoid species that have existed throughout throughout history um that were offshoots or interbred with us you know like what if what if we actually still had that like what if a movie like bright happened you know where you have like humans and orcs and elves and we're all just slightly different but we're all living in the real world how would we deal with that like and I have I a we, <laughs> feeling it would be a mess because even human beings today can't get along because we have slightly different colors of skin or languages that we speak, but we're genetically 99.8% the same as each other, you know, like ugh, all of that stuff is just, I don't know. It makes great yeah. fodder for stories, right? It is. And that that's a big part of the story of cyberpunk. That's the reason the black wall exists. And that's the reason why, uh, the, the the different ways you can make AIs and there's multiple different kinds of AIs. There's the AIs that get created accidentally because things happen, um, whether people are trying to make them or not. Um, there are the AIs that are the result of soul killer. There are the AIs, um, which create are, are literally just, there are so much data flowing through an area that area becomes intelligent of, mm -hmm. the, of the old net. Um, and each of them is very different um, and how they relate to humanity and how does humanity relate to itself uh, when they're thinking faster, when they're seeing in the dark, when, when not only is humanity evolving through technology, but every individual is evolving differently from every other individual. Right. Right. Because, you know, you know, for example, in cyberpunk, it's possible to make a movie that only one or two people can see. Mm -hmm. Literally, you know, only they have the optics, the optical implants needed to see it. Uh, how does that experience change? You know, how, how does uh, how does building um, when you have low key super strength because you've got cyber arms and the entire world uh, is not built for people with low key super strength? How does that change how you interact with the world? How does that change how the world interacts with you? Uh, and should the entire world change because 0.001% of the population has that ability, has a specific new ability? It gets really interesting and really messy and there's a lot to, dis to unpack in there um, and the way, but so yeah, it's like in general, you know, in evolution, at first you have just a couple examples of the species that have the new ability. Mm -hmm the new change but eventually they get better at surviving and so right. you have more and more and more of them right. what happens when every example of the species is technologically different 
every other example of the species. No two, you know, I guess, you know, if you're all living in a radiation zone, you're all going to get the radiation scrubber cyber cyberware, right? Sure. If you're all living in pollution, you're all going to get the the air right. the the, well, the, the uh, it creates the air a, it creates a bottleneck. You have yeah. a community that is now that is all universally different from the other set of the community. So anything within that very specific situation that allows that specific part of the community to survive or is an environmental influence like bioscrubbers or which could be considered an environmental influence to deal with the radiation like all of those things combine to create more or less adapted individuals and the more adapted individuals procreate and even within just a few generations would be distinctly different from everyone outside of that biological system and it gets even it gets even more intense when you realize that if you're living in cyberpunk, which cyberpunk is all about the megacorps, so you have a heavily capitalistic society where there is such a disparity between the people who can afford everything and the people who eat dog food yeah. daily. Yeah. That um, who gets that technology you need to survive, and that's very much uh, going back to H.G. Wells and the time machine and the Morlocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so that is just some fascinating stuff. There's a lot of questions, you know. Uh, you know, people like to say that transhumanism and cyberpunk are the same genre, and I've always considered that they're not. They're related genres, but transhumanism asks the question, how does technology evolve humanity? And cyberpunk asks the question, how does technology change humanity? Who controls that change, and should they? Yeah, 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 they're, they're related makes- but distinct. It makes me think of, uh, and, and this is going to be an obscure reference, but there's a, um, a show or a movie that was created called Repo, the genetic opera. And the idea was, is uh, there was a repo man that was that was set up, designed, specifically hired to go out and repo body parts that had defaulted on their payments. Uh, and there were people who could not survive and earn enough to be able to pay off their body parts. But the idea was is that the capitalism behind the government or the, the company were trying to sell people on beautifying yourself and making yourself the self that you want to be and then cashing in when you defaulted on that eventually and then reselling those parts. And it was something that I haven't seen in cyberpunk, um, but maybe you can speak to that and if that's something that's been considered. Oh, uh, have you um? Have you listened to all of Maximum Mike's radio broadcasts? There's one I, where he very specifically talks about how if you don't have the money to pay your trauma team account and you activate your trauma team card, trauma team shows up and they start pulling parts out of you. Jeez, <laughs> that's interesting. Oh man, yeah. that oh, yeah. sounds that um, sounds fun. <laughs> Uh, in the in the original in every in the uh, original edition of Cyberpunk and in the Cyberpunk 2020 rulebook, which by the way, if you own a copy of Cyberpunk 27, you own a copy of that rulebook in PDF form. Um, you can download it either through Steam or GOG, depending on where you got it. Um, you can find instructions for how to do that uh, online. I can't tell you exactly how to do it. If you got a non Steam or GOG version, you still can do it. Um, there is a uh, piece of fiction in the back called A Night with Trauma Team. And it's very specifically is uh, the logs of a trauma team officer as they go through various things. For example, at one point, they rescue Carrie Eurodyne from a, a flock of groupies. <laughs> um, but there's another point where um, uh, they try to, you know, they had to deal with this, cus- this, this customer and he dies. And they say, okay, you know what? Uh, we're going to, yeah, this customer died. We got, uh, we had some problems. We're going to pull out a cyberware and it's going to the company Christmas fund. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the answer is, is, because cyberpunk is a game 
and you don't want to have it, the tabletop role-playing game or the video game and because of the kind of game it is you don't want to have to keep track of that kind of thing over time mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot of extra book work and uh, you don't want it to turn into spreadsheet the game yeah um, yeah uh, that is not something we deal with for player characters someone buys cyberware they buy it outright but in fact it does exist in a universe where uh uh you can, in theory, possibly buy stuff on an installment plan, or you can buy it after taking out a loan from your local fixer. Uh, and that that cyberware in you is worth money. And why do you think scavers are putting people in tubs of ice to yank it all out? Uh, because they can sell it again. Uh, so is there a, is there in the, the books a, a set of scavers that, that are actually working for the companies or are they all free agents that just kind of go looking for whatever they can find? They're probably, uh, we don't have any specific ones like that. They're free agents. Trauma team will happily take stuff and, and sell it again. Um, but there is nothing quite so much. There, there's not quite so much a, a uh, retrieval team, though that is a great plot. And if you want to run it in your game, I highly encourage it. It's a neat idea. Um, there was a really cool actual play on the Sirenscape uh, YouTube channel now, uh, which involved uh, Rockland Augmentics, which is a company in the time of the Red, Cyberpunk Red, 2045 era. They make limbs. They used to make uh, military-grade prosthetics, prosthetic devices, um, and they eventually switched into designer cyberware. And uh, the plot is uh, some small spoilers here for this, if you decide to go watch slash listen to it. Um, Rockland Augmentics put in nanotech so that not only uh, are you buying the cyberware, but it makes it so that you can own your body will reject cyberware made by anyone else. Oh, that's dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proprietary stuff. That's that you just discovered what um, Apple is now doing in that universe. Yeah, I mean, all the stuff you can do that because you know mm -hmm. you got a cyberarm. You figure that cyberarm is going to need uh, firmware updates. You know, it's got to yep. have to have patches. Yep. Yep. Uh, stuff like that. You know, uh, they're going to have warranties. Now it's going to be less. Your your average edge runner getting stuff from a, a ripper doc is going to have to worry about that less because they're going to get jailbroken stuff. Right. But you know, for a lot of the population, the people who just, you know, they, they, need to, they have to buy them through the corporate it. store, which is why yeah. Arasaka is able to shut down V stuff. Yeah. Oh man. You know, who knows how much cyberware V had, had a Victor probably had to yank out of them afterwards yeah yeah especially if you, you went the corpo route well you know what guys we've got so much more to talk about but why don't we take a break and go to the middle of the show we're going to thank our patrons we're going to talk about the big giveaway that we're doing and then we'll be back All right, it's the time for talking to our patrons and saying how much you guys are amazing. We love we love our patrons, all 20 of you. We have 20 patrons now. This is amazing. And a bunch of you guys are now Cyber Upgrade patrons who will be joining us. Eight of you potentially could join us at the end of this month as of right now in order to talk some more cyberpunk with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who helps support the show. If you are interested in getting ad-free episodes, early episodes, or even joining us on a future episode check out patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast and 
you know, check out the different tiers, see if there's something that you'd be interested in. Also, if you want to help us out and you don't have any, any money, then that's totally fine too. You could just, you know, tell your friends or leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts. Anything like that is helpful. So, um, so thank you again to all of our patrons. Now, Jay, you guys, you guys have something really cool going on here. That's tied to this, uh, giveaway. Can you, can you tell us about it? Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me. So uh, we have, uh, we have, uh, as it is, tabletop role-playing games often go hand in hand with miniatures, which are tiny little people, you like little army men, only different things you uh, play on the game because it, it's easier to do, but you can visualize it on board. Uh, we work with a company called Monster Fight Club. Uh, they were founded by the same people that founded Gale Force 9, which is a, a paragon of the industry. Uh, Monster Fight Club create these beautiful, hard plastic, uh, really well-detailed miniatures. And they've been doing Cyberpunk Red ones for over a year now, and they are now kickstarting Cyberpunk Red Combat Zone, which is a tabletop skirmish game where you play as Maelstrom, you play as Tiger Claws, you play as... You can be dumb-dumb? You can be dumb-dumb in this. Uh, It takes place in 2045, so you can be dumb-dumb's grandfather? Maybe dumb-dumb's older than we know. Yeah, you never know. Because of the cyber tech. Yeah, yep. you can uh, you can play the bozos, which I absolutely love. Um, <laughs> and then you, yeah, you basically it's a skirmish game where you you have one side, your opponent has another, and you're fighting out for control of an area of the combat zone. Uh, it is going on right now. You go uh, just search for combat zone over at Kickstarter. You will find it. They're up to 150 thousand plus in uh, pulls, and we're going to be giving away. Um, a $200 pledge level. So someone's going to get a, just everything you get at the $200, which is the base rule set, plus 21 extra miniatures, plus your choice of two additional gangs, uh, plus a whole bunch of other cool unlock stuff like terrain. They have these great um, cargo containers with opening doors, doors open and close. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way to do it is uh, if you go to uh, Twitter and at Artalzorian Games, uh, starting tomorrow for 30 days at two o'clock ish every day we'll be asking a question to answer reply with the answer to the question and the hashtag that we post and you'll be entered in the drawing one per day per person please and at the end we'll be giving that away 200 dollars. it's like i think it's more like 500 dollars worth of stuff for 200 dollars. holy crap yeah yeah no that's that's absolutely what you need to be calling out here because it's the 200 dollars pledge level but the amount yes. of stuff you get just like any kickstarter you get more than what you pay for because it's all you know it's yeah. how that stuff goes so that's like 500 dollars worth of stuff um here's a screenshot of just from the top of the kickstarter for those of you who are watching now and you can see some of the miniatures in the box and yeah, yeah someone, someone's calling out Jen Red in the co- in the co- uh, chat, and I love Jen, Jen Red. Jen Red is a bunch of uh, uh, preteens and early teens who decide they're sick of everyone ruining their world. Uh-huh. And so they've, you know, it's, they have some rocket launchers, they, they, they have some spray paint, and they are gonna, they're going to kick some butt and make a difference. Yeah. Here's another picture with the like, game board and some of the, the figures and like the standing parts of buildings and uh the dice and all the cards and things um this looks awesome this looks really really cool i would love to try this out Uh, there is a game yeah there's a gameplay video up there if you want to see how it's played uh feel free to you know back it up uh and do some pledging because you know even if you uh win you will just have more stuff to play with and that's always nice and uh if you are the kind of person who likes painting stuff these are great to paint if you're the kind of person who likes putting things on shelves these are great to put on shelves mm-hmm. um yeah when you're not playing with also, them you could set them up in the little you know broken down buildings and stuff on your on your at shelf yeah secret easter egg 
If you go through, you'll see that one of the add-ons you can get is Team Monster. Team Monster comes from a game which Mike Pondsmith, everyone knows who Mike is, ran, uh, has run for various, uh, on various uh, online occasions. And uh, among the players in the game is Matthew Lillard, a.k.a. Shaggy Rogers, a.k.a. Serial Killer from Hackers. And you will see in Team, in team Monster, uh, there is a, a, a guy, uh, tall, uh, lanky, goggles, on skates, was Matt's character, oh my who God. may or may oh, not bear right. a distinct resemblance to a certain uh, uh, breakfast uh, food slaughterer from <laughs> that movie. That's awesome. That is so cool. Oh, these are cool. I'm yeah. one of my favorite characters. Oh my god, that's one of my favorite movies. Is is yeah. as silly as it is. I absolutely. Oh, love it, it was it was, it was great. great. It was great because he's a big gamer. Matt is, um, and a wonderful person. Um, he's a he's a huge gamer, and so um, we we roped him in. Uh, thankfully, through a couple of connections uh, we have, and uh, and he was just so excited. And he's the kind of gamer that you a GM loves because you know things slow down and the group's like, Oh, maybe we should do this and maybe we should do this. And if it takes too long for them to decide, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go run <laughs> right. straight out and start slicing things. <laughs> right. Right. I'm just, I'm just taking too long. I'm just going in. Um, what is the Sterontium cow? I'm looking at all the add-ons. These are awesome. Well, you remember, um, there was a certain mission involving a serial killer, uh-huh. um, in cyberpunk, uh, and river, uh, who is one of the love interests. In oh, and right. you remember the arm? Oh, yeah, check this flashbacks. Out. Check this out. I'm going oh. to put this up on the screen. This is just one of the oh, add ons. Yeah. Is one of the you cows can... from that? Look, here it yeah. is. Here it is. Strontium oh. cow miniature set. That's, yeah, a, that's amazing. That. Look at it. It's a cow oh, with a gas God. mask. That is so funny. Yeah. Oh, that was no, an yeah. Amazing quest. Yeah, the, 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 the Monster Fight Club folks saw that and they're like, yeah, there's no way we can't put this in the game. <laughs> the great thing is, he comes with his, or she, I'm sorry, it's a cow, so it's probably a she. It's a lady, she yeah, you can tell, you can see the letters on the back. She comes with her own scenario in the game, because there are different scenarios. You don't just play once, you have different scenarios, which, you know, these are the people, these are your objectives. She comes with her own scenario, mm, which is fun. very, is based around the cow. So again, to, to enter, uh, starting tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, roughly around that time. I, I don't promise to be exact at that time. I'll be posting a question on our Twitter, which is at rtalzorian, T-A-L-S-O-R-I-A-N. I know how to spell my own company's names. <laughs> uh, games. Uh, at rtalzorian games. You reply with an answer, with the hashtag, once per day per person. At the end of the 30 days, uh, we will uh, pick a winner. That winner will be notified, and they will get the everything they need to go right to the backer kit um, and claim their pledge. Awesome! I'll be like you. You pledge two hundred dollars for the two hundred dollar pledge, only you didn't actually have to do anything. Right. Um. Real quick, I'm. I'm so I found cool. all the uh. Like here's the bozos. The oh, the bozos. The tiger claws. Yeah. The art. Uh, the I'm art sense. on this looks awesome too. I love. I love the artwork and all the colors and maelstrom. Yeah, they did. They did a kick-ass job. Um, I, I'm sad to say Ozo won't be showing up because he's this very specific character of the 2077 yeah. era. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the Bozos and the Tiger Claws and the Maelstrom all look fantastic. And this is a game with, with shelf life. Uh, they've already got plans for adding additional games in down the line, uh, new add-ons, new expansions. So this is going to be playing for a while. Um, and uh, we're really excited about it. This looks great. This is really, really That's cool. That's great. Um, yeah, uh, man. We were yeah, just there's a bunch of different levels the, uh, that you can pledge um, at. Mm -hmm. 
we were just talking about the multiple arms and stuff. And one of the, the Bozo leader has got the really tall top hat and he's got yeah. four arms connected to his back. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Bozos are, are scary, scary. One of the scariest things Lisa Ponsmith is uh, Mike's wife ever created. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, clowns are kind of scary as it is. So you, you know, put that in the setting with some other, you know, additional. Yeah. Add on. Can't trust them. Uh, can't, trust can't, can't trust a clown. You can't trust them. Um, you can't because th- their, their idea of a prank is, is you know, the same as any clown that like to throw water balloons at you. Only those water balloons are not filled with water. They're filled with acid. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If the Joker was in cyberpunk, he would be a bozo. He would be the leader of yeah. the bozos. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're like the Jokers from um, Batman Beyond, only more chaotic. Mm. Mm-hmm. You beat me to it. Mm-hmm. Dang it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Batman Beyond is cyberpunk as heck. Oh, I love it. I got it I got it sitting right back here on my shelf. It's it's mixed in uh with my little games. I've got the whole the whole HD Blu-ray collection that they just put nice. out. It's like right there. I've been yeah. going through that slowly. But oh, uh, mm, <laughs> so so chat, before we get back to the rest of the show, chat has some thoughts yeah. here. Uh love that dude, need it. The cow is not to be denied, the cow is not your friend. Uh Dum Dum Simp in chat says, none of those Maelstrom guys looked similar enough to Dum Dum Sad Face. Uh that is true. <laughs> um, there was a very specific reason for that is because we worked out timelines from 2045 to 2077 working with CD Projekt Red and the the optic thing doesn't come into effect where they where becoming mm. a member of the game requires you to rip out your skull and put in the, the multi-optic set until much later in the timeline so in 2045 you've got more individuality yeah. but you know I'll pass it on to Monster Fight Club that maybe they want to try to do one Maelstrom member that's got a multi-optic set maybe it's Dum Dum before it, right? maybe Dum Dum before he got the augment maybe he's an yeah, old time know. member of the of, maybe he's just been a member of the gang forever and I somehow would, still alive I would love like a usurper within the Maelstrom because the Maelstrom all seem to be following whoever the strongest is I would love a usurper who's gone far beyond and they, and they are the ones that are like no this is the Maelstrom gang we're going augments all in the eyes and stuff. And they, ah. that's how like the 2077 kind of gets their way up to like yeah. the, the full octo octo or optical augments. And that happens. You see it in 2045, uh, sorry, 2020, the maelstrom actually look fairly baseline human. Most of the cybernetics is under, under the skin In 2045. Uh, they've absorbed enough other cyber psycho gangs that you start seeing it much more like in the uh. images you're seeing here. And then by 2077, they get darn right cult-like in the way yeah. they fetishize cyberware and uh it's so metal any, anyone anyone who's played you know what mission i'm talking about too well, i'll just say bathtub <laughs> oh, or sorry fridge fridge yeah <laughs> fridge mm. fridge fridge and glitching optics that that that's all maelstrom you know so get, there's a whole yeah it gets disturbing so um so Val- Valishar in chat says, do you know if there are any plans for combat zone scenarios that uh, to allow mo- more than two players? Yes, they are. And there will be there'll be scenarios that will allow for mo- for gang- more than two gangs. Mm-hmm. OK, cool. Uh, I cool. don't know the specifics of it yet because um, I'll be honest, I'm a tabletop role player and not so much a tabletop skirmisher. But um, and so uh, while I've read the rules, uh, I haven't gotten to sit down and play with the figures and work them out in my head as much. Uh, but I know that uh, Monster High Club is working to make it so that you can have uh, just tons of scenery because they also a while back put out uh, what they call um, uh, Metropolis, which is stackable, all building, full buildings where you can take floor by floor 
know, you can take off the first top two floors and see what's inside. Uh, and the idea being that you can build this whole tabletop terrain, big, a full block, yeah. and just have multiple gangs go at it. Yeah. So that's that's to be in there too. Or a skyscraper. Yeah, that would be cool. All oh, right. Amazing. Well, I'll tell you what, we got, we, we've got to wrap up the show because we only got about 15 more minutes. Um, but let's, oh, no! let's move into the rest yeah. of the show. Here we go. Hey there. My name is Jameson or Big Cat. And I am Brenna or Mother Goose. And together we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week we bring you the top stories from last week as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Okay. So here we are, we're back, and I'm, I've got a few questions, but uh, Jay, would you be okay if we opened it up to chat to throw some questions out there too, and we can take the yeah. next 15 minutes and kind of field some of that stuff? Um, Absolutely. Uh, so chat, if you have any other questions, either, uh, heck, about anything, technology or, you know, the game or anything at all, uh, feel free to toss some questions out there. Um, if he can answer them, he'll, he'll answer them. If they're things that are a little hush-hush still about, say, future projects or whatever, then of course, you know, we can only expect so much. Um, but, you know, talking and thinking through, like a lot of the stuff we talked about already was about combat or um, you know, dealing with, you know, cybernetics being implanted in your body for, for, you know, nefarious reasons, maybe, and those kinds of things. What kinds of tech would we see in, in like 2045 to 2077 in like your home? Like if you just walked, like if, if I was to leave my house and walk into a house in 2045, what things would be the same and what things would be different? You still have appliances. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change. You're going to have a fridge. You're going to have a, a, an oven, a stove, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them will be um, uh, interactive. Uh, they can hook up to your local to a local network, or you can plug your brain directly into them. Um, for example, you can just plug your brain into your fridge and download your grocery list. Yeah, right into your head. Right onto your age or they'll, they'll work with your agent, much like smart tech does here. Uh, one of the interesting things about 2045 is some of the technology actually catches up to where we are now in the real world um, because um, because the net broke down all the things that old net did, uh, thanks to Rage Bart Moss and the rabbits and, and the, the AIs and the black wall. Um, uh, all the things that used to happen um, stopped happening where you can no longer say have your fridge literally just go over the net and do things um and as a result uh things started evolving uh things that like touch screens suddenly became a much bigger deal um and displays and holograms and that sort of thing and so you're going to see technology that actually looks in 2045 that actually looks very similar to the technology we have today only more pervasive um, and much more advertising oriented. So imagine you've got your smart fridge and every time you wanted to open your smart fridge, your smart fridge first play a small ad for you, like you're watching right. a YouTube video. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, and you're also going to see... Oh my uh, God. What if you had to wait 15 seconds just to open the fridge? It like stayed right. locked. And or even like, worse, to get into your house. Yeah. You're, you're like, oh gosh, you're, I you're, just you're, really you're, need a drink. Please stay tuned for your drink your after this ad. 
Ugh. Yeah, your corporate in your corporate subsidized apartment. Um, Jeez. So you have things like that, uh, but the thing is, a lot of people won't have that. A lot of people won't have much at all because twenty forty five is still rebuilding from the great fourth corporate war, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people will have secondhand stuff, or they'll have older technology from the twenty twenties or twenty thirties that is being constantly refurbished and rebuilt by techs. So in some ways, right. go to Cuba, where they still have nineteen fifty cars. Mm-hmm. running around that they keep in pristine condition and mechanics who specialize in that uh, because in 2045 uh, worldwide shipping is still just is still is only starting to get back on its feet uh and you know how making anything today works the resources are mined and set someplace where they're processed and, set and turned into stuff which is sent someplace else where they're assembled in something which is then sent someplace else where they're packaged which is then sent them to house where they're sold and if you can't do all those sending other places you no longer have as much in the sinks. And so what you have is a lot of old tech that's constantly being repurposed and redone. Um, so, uh, but other stuff is cool because you'll have, um, you'll have uh, what we call medical grade cyberware, which is cyberware that doesn't cost humanity loss. Uh, it's specifically for, I lost my arm or I was born without a complete arm. And so now I have a piece of technology that does that in game terms, it does nothing for you. It doesn't give you any bonuses. It doesn't have a uh, base level damage. You can't add, knives to it unless you like <laughs> duct tape them on um <laughs> that's what no, i do with no, my arms no, when i have to cut no like, an apple i just duct tape a knife to my arm you have things like that like um the same technology that you can get into solid into your into your cyber eyes that stop anti-dazzle so for example a stun grenade doesn't a flashbang doesn't stun you is similar to the it gave, you know a, a little change and suddenly a little tweak in a technology that prevents people who uh, have seizures due to flashing lights from having those seizures because the eyes will automatically adjust mm-hmm. to the to the lights and filter out the the pattern. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that technology exists too. Yeah, I get really cool. I get migraines, and sometimes anybody who has migraines knows that they, they can be triggered by different things. You know. Uh, a lack of sleep or bright lights or the food you eat or alcohol or, you know, like there's also everybody has different triggers. Um, that would be cool if like you could just like, you know, upgrade your eyes or your brain with that. So you wouldn't have to take like mm-hmm. anti-migraine drugs or anything. You could just get an upgrade to like deal with the fact that like, oh, when the lights are flashing bright, your eyes just kind of filter that out. And you don't have yeah. to see it, you know, uh, that would yeah. be crazy. So that wouldn't be. I, um, Toasty in chat says it seems like the appliances in V's apartment in 2077 didn't seem too advanced. What appliances? V has a vending machine. Yeah, he has a vending machine. <laughs> I was wondering about that actually because I was thinking like you're talking about having refrigerators and having ads on them, and I'm like, V's just got a vending machine with burritos in his apartment. Like, is that that seems very standard and low, uh, kind of low, low born kind of uh, situation yeah. there? So. Ignoring the fact that that apartment is way too big for what it probably costs me to rent every month. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I always figured that V's apartment should be a little bit more like V's downstairs, downstairs neighbor, the cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, much, you know, but ignoring that, if you look at V has, V has a vending machine, that's it. V doesn't have any other appliances because V is poor. Um, the mega buildings uh, were not built for the elite, except for maybe at higher levels. The mega buildings were built to house the population as the city was rebuilding. Uh, and so, you know, you needed some place to put your, your labor force. And so they were not designed for that. And then the, the vending machine is a perfect example. There is a vending machine <laughs> in V's apartment. If V wants dinner, V slots in 10 euro bucks or whatever, 10 mm-hmm. eddies, mm-hmm. and gets a burrito. 
out of that thing. V does not have, V could probably go and buy a fridge and put it in, but V's apartment doesn't come with a fridge. Like right. so many apartments in the real world would these days. V's apartment doesn't come with anything that lets V be self-sufficient. V's apartment is designed to make V spend more money. Right, right. Well, it's, again, talking about real world stuff. Um, you have- Also think about this. Sorry. Go ahead. Someone has to be able to go and restock that vending machine. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I was waiting for a moment to actually jump in and say, uh, yeah. I was like, who actually refills that thing? Because that means, thing- <laughs> yeah, which means either there is a secret compartment behind the vending machine, like a, an access tunnel. Right. Yeah. Or- Someone can just walk into V's apartment at any time and say, oh, your vending machine's empty. I had to restock it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. If there was a system of pneumatic tubes that sent burritos through thought. different buildings, <laughs> yeah. I would love that. I would love no. to be able to tap into a pneumatic tube burrito system. <laughs> Everything that the vending the machine sells is, is uh, kind of cylindrical in shape because it has to fit through the yeah. tubes. <laughs> That's actually the other possibility is that that's the vending machine itself is just a front and that uh, everything is tube comes out of it. Right. some central tube system. Yeah, which you is push a, a button and then a minute later it makes it all its way through the tube system and pops out. Yeah, I, I could see the super's office. Hey, Rob, there's a there's a there's a burrito jam to 24-3. Burrito jam on, on floor 72. Oh, crap. Yeah, it's like it's like. There's a point where you're going to V's apartment and there are two women who are standing in front of an elevator, which is not far from V's apartment. Um, and they are talking about, uh, and they're talking about how it's broken. And this woman talked about how she paid to have it fixed the last time. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just another example. Yeah. You know, yeah. these things are not designed to be, uh, for all I know, we all know that's in the contract is that you have to fix everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so uh, similar things with like real world scenario is uh, like there's data that uh, people who live in poor neighborhoods are more likely to shop at like a quick center, a quick serve center, like a like the um, like the place tied to the gas station that sells mm-hmm. you burritos and things like that. than they are to go to I a grocery store price, yeah. because for some, in, in some cases they don't have the means to get to the grocery store and bring a lot of groceries back home to their apartment or whatever. Yeah. You know, they don't have a car with a trunk to load the groceries up in, or they don't have the time to walk, take the bus and then carry a load of groceries back. So they just go to the, the quickie Mart and spend 50% more on the things that they need because they can grab them there and walk them back to their apartment. So it's a poor tax is what it is. Uh, it, it, it's the same reason why food in airports and theme parks is like twice as much right. because people have no choice but to shop there. Right. But, th- but those make sense in some ways because, you know, it's, it's a, it's an airport or it's a theme park. You, you are on a major piece of land that's all owned by one company. But in the case of like urban areas where people just can't get to a grocery store, like, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's you, kind of the same thing, but it's no, now... If you have no choice but to get it there, it's it, just, the difference is is, yeah. is you're not, it's not, you're, it's not being surrounded by a luxury experience. Right, right. You have and, the ability to travel. Or, and yeah. you, you think that there would, it would be something that could be, say, you know, uh, helped with government subsidy in order to help people get, you know, the things that they need at prices that aren't going to make them even more poor. You know, but and this is, of course, a million. There's a million things like this that we could be doing better in our world. Oh, yeah. But it's 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 interesting that the, when you look at those things and how they get extrapolated into the future. Does anybody else have any questions? We only have just a few minutes left. Um, I want to just throw I, that I was, out there. 
it, it speaks to me that I think that uh, that the mega mega buildings are are could very well be sponsored, if not owned wholly by mega corporations. So the the idea of you know going to a theme park and buying overpriced food makes total sense to me in a mega building because if the mega building is operating it, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to have vending machines that are offering what they offer, not necessarily what you would cook on your own. Whereas if you go to uh, uh, the 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 couple that are running for government, um, their home is lavish and they have walls of, of screens. And I'm, I'm willing to bet they probably have personal chefs that come in and actually cook their food and get, uh, you know, organic stuff from uh, Biochem or, or, you know, wherever they, they normally go shopping. But I don't remember ever seeing too many actual grocery stores in Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, so I always wonder, like, how do how do people get food uh, to their their homes if uh, shops and in restaurants are, are kind of smaller based? Um, I think part of it is that 2077, you know, you, you see, we see all foods, which Maelstrom is taking the all foods uh, warehouse and literally yeah. it's a place where, where meat is packaged or a meat like substance <laughs> is packaged. Right. Um, uh, so you see this. So they're probably they're probably ours, but we'll probably say that they're behind the doors that are that you can never open um uh and things but in 2045 we have what are called oasises which are essentially those gas station stores mm -hmm. uh, or uh you know small grocery stores which are owned by a company called continental brands and continental brands only sells continental brands foods there um and continental brands the biggest product is continental brands kibble so you go there um sometimes there are some food. people some people have community gardens, uh, which they they uh, they work on, you know, on the rooftops or in abandoned lots, and yeah. sometimes they get away with it. And that's actually a great plot in twenty forty five because sometimes they'll hire edge runners to protect the gardens from continental brands who wants to come and destroy them because they want people to shop at their oasis stores. Um, yeah. So yeah, sense. there are places where people can shop, and I imagine that especially in twenty forty five, sorry, in twenty seventy seven, there's more delivery services. Um. But yeah, yeah. there are probably places that you can shop that for food that we just don't see in the same way. Sometimes you don't see bathrooms yeah. in games. Yeah, just like in a, in a movie, sometimes there's things that exist and you don't see them because they're off screen. But yeah, yeah. Like, like that's one of the questions that like I love when lore questions show up on these like lore forums and subreddits that are just ridiculous. Uh, Lotus of Doom and I were talking about this on Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Like somebody posted a question like, so I have an in-world reason for why there aren't any bathrooms in Tamriel. And the Elder Scrolls, and it's like because the designers don't want to waste precious design time making bathrooms for every building. Maybe that's, that's it, it because it has nothing to do with the storyline that you're experiencing. Maybe that's the reason. Just going to our plumbing and everybody peed outside. But. Right, but they don't even have outhouses. Like there's no there's nowhere to use to to go. And like that's like a structure. Um, Obviously, there are no one goes. No one pees. No one pees. There, there is no. Right. There is no it's waste. Magic. There is no waste. Right. And yes. Right. It all evaporates out of their skin, um, which would make the air so disgusting. Uh, but, Jay, we got to we got to get going. <laughs> yeah. As usual, we, we could go on forever. Um, what would yes. you like to share before you go? Is there anything else you want to call out uh, or you just want to, you know, repeat the uh, the place where they can go check well, I mean, out? Yeah. The, the Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can go over to uh, Kickstarter, um, look for uh, Cyberpunk Red Combat Zone over there. You'll find it. You can get in at all kinds of pledge levels uh, starting tomorrow at 2 p.m. over at on Twitter at rtalsorian games. You'll be able to uh, to enter in for the drawing, and, which we'll do in 30 days. Uh, so you can enter multiple times, once per day, please. 
and uh, you'll get a $200 pledge level for free uh, if you win. Also, you can always, always go and pick up Cyberpunk Red from your friendly local gaming store or online or in PDF form from DriveThruRPG. Uh, that is the tabletop role-playing game uh, which will uh, eventually evolve. That world will eventually evolve into World of Cyberpunk 2077. And I want to say you can head over to Patreon and support Cyberpunk Lorecast. And <laughs> Do that twenty. Wouldn't it be nice, nice if they had twenty-five tomorrow? That would be uh, amazing. People, that would be amazing. Their patrons, uh, because you know what, these people make some quality content. Logan and Tom do, Aww. and they need your support. Well, thanks, thanks, Logan. What do you have going on? Well, first off, Jay, thanks for for coming by and dropping some real knowledge on us. It was really, really great to hear all of this. Uh, really, it, it's it's because of you and everyone else at Artelsorian that we have a show to be able to talk about this kind of content with. So, thank you for helping make the content uh, so that we can we can touch on and dive into some of these topics. Uh, as far as what I'm doing, you guys can always jump up uh, and, and check out the Keelhauled podcast. I am currently editing a four hour long episode right now, uh, which should be out tomorrow if I don't keel over at some point tonight. Uh, no pun intended. Keel all um, over. Other than that. Yeah, no pun intended. I didn't mean it that way, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a pretty long episode. Um, I brought on Caleb, who is uh, one of the the Discord members for me, and uh, he and I go on sea of tangents uh, this time. And and after five hours of talking, we resolved to just kind of cut it down to four hours. So <laughs> look forward crap. to that for the next. Yeah, it's a big episode, and we go into a lot of stuff. So uh, feel free to chew on that over the next month uh, while while I try and figure out what the heck I'm gonna do for the next episode but other than that uh feel free to hit me up on twitter at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n i uh, appreciate all the comments questions and concerns about cyberpunk dum-dum romances or keelhauled uh sea of thieves <laughs> content stuff like that i love it all so uh check me out there otherwise i'll be in the discord take a bunch of pictures of dum-dum and send them over to logan to captain logan mm -hmm. at captain logan um <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Jay, thank you again for joining us. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out, we have in our Rocket Club, uh, the Robus Radio Rocket Club is a group that I help mentor on how to create podcasts and how to get them out there and make them popular and those kinds of things. Um, Almighty Crit is in chat and he is launching a Cyberpunk Red actual play podcast in just a few weeks so i i know that you know i was like i was like guess who i have on our show tonight you should we just talked earlier during our weekly call and i was like you guys you guys should know each other so um so yeah check that out there'll be more info for that of course on future episodes so you can you can check that out as well and almighty if you want to share any links in chat so um you guys can get in contact feel free to do that um and uh yeah and that's that's what we got going on um we'll be back or i'll be back with our mass effect lorecast in just a few minutes in about 12 minutes we'll we'll get that started and jay thank you so much this has always been fun you're always welcome back on the show anytime you want to come join us um guys go check out the kickstarter this thing looks awesome uh i might have to i've been trying to figure out what i want for my birthday i might after mm. the shows go in the other room and be like hey hey wife check this link out and send it to her you know the family that that fights in the combat zone together stays together that's right that's right and my son would love to play it too he loves he loves getting in on that stuff and we're getting to the point we're both vaccinated now so we're getting to the point where we can actually have friends over again to play <gasps> games in person i'm super excited about that as well so awesome stuff um but thank you again for joining us guys i'm gonna go away for a second um i'll be back in about 10 minutes stay tuned for the mass effect lorecast friends 
chat. Thanks for being here. Jay, Logan, I'll see you guys later. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86 host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, from Soft Lorecast, available everywhere.